welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word centerlefttalkradio.com. Go there. You'll find both the links. They're, they're still there. They're still both operative. The first being our podcast link. This show, this very show, will be the one at the top of the list, provided you're looking at that list and going to the link uh, while it is. Circular reasoning, but okay. You get the idea. The second link is the, um, well, that's the, the radio loop, the one that gives you that analogish little warm tube glowing feeling uh, that kind of might have, well, you didn't realize it at the time, but, but in, 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 nos- in nostalgic, nos- nostalgic retrospect, kind of is uh, uh, how you might feel if you were to simply turn on your radio and pick up a, uh, a talk show midway through it during uh, in, back in the 60s or the 50s or, I don't know, somewhere back in there, I guess well into the 70s, NBC AM was still an all-talk radio station uh, right through the early 70s. Amazingly, when one thinks back, especially when I think back, that, uh, well, I was there. I was on it many of the times. Uh, but, but that no longer being the case, um, but a lot of people prefer to listen to the show that way. Pick it up wherever in the loop it happens to be, uh, get interested, take it to the end, and then be curious enough to know how that loop got started. Well, that's good, because the loop will close up. It'll begin again, that particular show, in about three or four seconds. Stay with it, learn the whole story, and uh, we give you that choice here at Center Left Radio. It is the first day of September of 2023. Yes, uh, it's the, the, the seasons have done it again. Uh, we, are, we are racing into the fall. Uh, we, we made it through August here in the New York area without a single 90-degree day, something that clearly could not be said for most of Europe uh, and for a very substantial part of the United States. Uh, it, it was not possible to be said for the month of July here in the New York area, but, but so it was for August. In fact, it was quite pleasant uh, uh, right through uh, yesterday, the 31st, where I attempted uh, to... Um, do sort of an annual thing that I normally uh, do with my, with my son, uh, and that is to go down to Coney Island to get on the cyclone ride and then have hot dogs at Nathan's afterwards. But uh, the, the, the forces of, of, of far greater than any that I could muster kind of conspired to make that less than possible. No, no trouble getting down there, by the way. No trouble getting to Coney Island and parking the car and getting a space. And wow, it was like, geez, I'm, I'm on fire. This is wonderful. But no one bothered to let anyone know, least of all me, that this would be the day that state inspectors would be coming to randomly, randomly inspect the cyclone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, how do they do this? Well, they take 
dummies, literally dummies. They're blue, uh, wrapped in blue plastic, I imagine. I don't know how much they must weigh them. Whatever, whatever they consider the average weight of a human to be somewhere a little over 100 pounds. I don't know. Between, between men and women, I don't know what it might be. But they put about, oh, they must put at least uh, 12 or 15 or 18 of these dummies these blue plastic blobs all anchored into the uh, into a roller coaster, and uh, after doing all sorts of uh, technical uh, checks and everything, and I'm watching them with computers, I, I could kind of see from the entranceway what was going on, then they finally decided to just start running the cyclone with these dummies in, and apparently there were readings being given to the state regulators that help them determine um, if things are good, bad, and different, whatever it is they're looking for. I have no idea what it was. In any event, uh, I, I had gotten down there uh, in time, according to the schedule published online, uh, for 11 o'clock, and I, I planned on being on the first run of the day on the cyclone, and uh, by the time that was done, and having had no breakfast, and I and I don't I don't recommend doing the cyclone on a full stomach to anybody, uh, or or much of anything in your stomach. At least that's the way I function. A lot of people it might not be that way, uh, but then from there I was going to head over as I normally would to Nathan's. Now, normally this would be done with my son, who's been doing it now since he was uh, just about old enough to, to reach the 54, I think it's 54 inches is what you have to be in order to go on that ride. What's fit 12? Four foot, uh, four foot, uh, la, 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 four foot six? Is that, yeah, four to, uh, just a little shorter than the shortest girl I ever dated, I guess. Uh, Gina, no offense, wherever you are. But um, this is, um, that would make it now somewhere in the, uh, oh, I don't know, in the 20 years, no, 18 or between 18 and 20 years that, that my son and I have been doing this, trying to do it every summer at least once, but so far having not done it this summer, and I got it into my head that I would kind of just do it on my own. And there's, a, there's this vague chance that uh, my son might make it down here before the end of the cyclone season, which this year will be, and it goes into weekends pretty soon now, after Labor Day. Uh, it would be sometime, I think, at the end of October. They actually keep it going until that point. A lot of weird weather things can happen in New York between now and the end of October, but that's how they have it set up. In any event, uh, again, he repeated himself, um, what what was supposed to be a first 11 o'clock ride didn't happen. And I asked the young lady at the ticket booth, uh, what's going on? Oh, uh, it, it, we've been delayed till noon, we're told, because they've just come in to chest the ride. Oh, come back at noon. Oh, we've been delayed till 1 o'clock, she said. Oh, come back at 1 o'clock. Oh, we've been delayed till at least 2 o'clock, at which point 
it was obvious the day wasn't going to happen. And I tried to go and get the ticket refunded. Nope, no refunds uh, on Coney Island rides. Uh, I basically uh, got a, a credit usable anytime, anywhere in Luna Park uh, this year and even next year if I, if I so desire. Uh, and then proceeded over to get to, I said, well, I'm here, I'm not going to be on the ride, let me get to Nathan's anyway, because I had to get myself back up north here to Westchester, uh, but uh, the line at Nathan's at that point, someone said, was, uh, you, could, you could see where it ended, it was, it was per perpetual, it was literally going down Surf Avenue, um, it would have been 45 minutes to order my standard Nathan's hot dogs, my, my incredibly overpriced but deeply loved uh, for, the, for, for, for virtue of the fact that it's the original and I was there when I was probably six or seven with my uncle, blah, blah, blah. That was out of the question too. So it became apparent that the, the fates did not want me to do this all by myself. This is a shared event. I'm supposed to be doing it with my son, and uh, I'll. Uh, th this this uh, this show is kind of telling him the story, but there'll be an email to him uh, shortly after this to just sort of uh, relate the story and and to proclaim his uh, his his spiritual powers over all that are or is uh, on earth and beyond uh, and, and how basically they, they interrupted my uh, attempts to interrupt a tradition. And, uh, well, segueing somewhat clumsily off of that thought, uh, interrupting traditions, uh, traditions as in uh, free and fair elections and the and the peaceful transition of power uh, that kind of uh, explains why we are where we are in this country right now. Um, I, I, I think it's 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 odd. We in our last few shows I've been I've been talking about just the the whole mess of of, of Trump and and the problems that he has personally and how that's affecting uh, all manner of, of, of his legal issues, I, I find it curious, and, and this, there's so many ways of looking at this, looking at the whole Trump phenomenon right now, but we are at this moment with 91 counts uh, 91 different indictments, if you will, there's, well, it's really just limited number of, of, of full indictments, but being, being under 91 counts, criminal counts, uh, in four, at least four separate cases, the fifth being the, uh, the civil case that is looking to kind of pocket about $250 million of Trump's money, and according to many sources, that would be more than he actually has in net value. I know, yes, he's, he's told the world he was worth $10 billion and then and then it got reduced down to 9 and then 8.5. And when he finally had to uh, put out 
uh, when he had to sign a statement of net value, which was part of the, the initial uh, appearance as president of the United States, when it had to be signed and therefore it was certified and it had to be true, he actually put down, this is within, this is within oh, I guess, a year or so of his first declaration of being worth $10 billion, he put down a net value, net worth of $1.2 billion. This, this was unpublicized at the time. $1.2 billion. Then forensic accountants went in and started doing work on his stuff, looked at the leveraging of what he had, and came up with an estimate of net, net personal worth when you took out all of the loans and took out, took out every, of somewhere in the range of 120 to $200 million. From $10 billion, this is, this is whatever, this is what he was saying, down to somewhere a low of, let's say, 120 million. By rough, rough calculation, I think that's like a drop of, is that 95 or 97% loss of, of value in the space of a year and a half or two years? But, but you see, this is Donald. Donald will say anything. Donald will throw anything out there, and the beauty of it from Donald's perspective has always been that the more I say and do, and the more I muddy the waters, and the more I do another outrageous thing or make another outrageous claim on top of the prior outrageous claim, that keeps everybody off balance. No one can really put a glove on me because while you're still planning on how to take me out or take me down or respond to or do something to me for the last outrageous thing I said or did, I'm, I'm two outrageous things ahead of you. Th that, that's been the Donald methodology. And, and the, the interesting thing as we go into this, uh, as we get more and deeper into the whole period of, um, of, 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 his, of, of his trials, is that it, it has seemed as though um, we're, we're getting to a point, well, first of all, the, the notion of his trials has been that, well, because we're within the legal system, the rules are not the same. You, you, yes, you can play to the court of public opinion. You can have some fun with that, as perhaps you always have. But the rule of law and the laws that the courts basically are overseeing will apply to you in a way that will defy your capacity to utilize public relations and just the blur of what you are and are doing to cover your tracks and keep you out of trouble. If you've watched what's happened in the last week, however, you, you might begin to question that. Um, especially with the Georgia case. This is, this is probably um, 
the, the best example of this. Uh, which defendant is now demanding a speedy trial? Which defendants are demanding that they be severed from the group of 19? Which defendants are claiming that they should be moved to federal court? Well, Donald, all the above. Not, well, not the, not the speedy trial. Kenneth Cheesebro, one of, one of the, his attorneys, wants a speedy trial. Now, uh, now uh, Fonnie Willis is saying everybody should be getting the same speedy trial beginning on October 23rd. 19 defendants, and suddenly we're getting all sorts of motions for severance, and we're getting movement. Uh, we, I want my case moved to federal court. I was operating in my federal capacity, blah, 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 and on and on. And it looks and it begins to feel as though, when added to all of the other Donald events going on legally, that we're getting into the equivalent of that, of that mass, that morass of, of, of stuff, where things are coming at you so fast that you really can't either resolve or focus on any one event before something else takes over. And, and that's how it's always worked to Donald's advantage. You, you no longer can focus on the first thing that you thought was absolutely uh, uh, deleterious and would hurt him terribly before the next thing supersedes. And given how we've been trained, or those of us who have observed him, have learned how he uses this sort of situation to his advantage, you would, you would, you would kind of emotionally expect him to come out of those situations in a much better place than where he started. Well, we've just forgotten what the first legal claim was. We've forgotten what the first judicial ruling was. It, we're on the, oh God, doesn't that mean that everything, it just keeps getting to be a mess and we can't get our arms around it. Ah, operative word, we. <laughs> Maybe we can't get our arms around it. But the the essential group that has its arms around it, that understands it all, that has dealt with it time and time again, are the experienced judges and other people within the various court systems who are looking at Donald as just another crook. Just another indicted criminal. When two or three things happen simultaneously, when we can't get our mind, wait a minute, no, wait, but they're severing over in this case, but then they're rescheduling on that one, and it's, oh my God, he's, he's going to get away with it again. No, 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 no. That's, that's us suffering from our own uh, self-imposed delusions 
about how, well, and, and they're self-imposed, but they're Donald-encouraged, Donald-homegrown <clears throat> delusions about, you see, it all goes away because there's too much. If you throw too much at it, it all dissipates. And, and the way that, that theory, that, that modus operandi for Donald has been converted uh, within the context of his legal woes is if I throw enough at it, it keeps getting moved further and further and further down the road. All of my cases just keep getting moved further and further. The public now begins to get the perception that the law system really doesn't, the judicial system is nothing more than this, this, this heavy, overburdened, chugging engine trying and flailing at me and flailing at me meaninglessly and proving its own impotence, thus proving that I am bigger and stronger and that it's all just a witch hunt. That's the thought he's putting out there. And if you don't look a little carefully, or a little more carefully, you might almost imagine that he's having some success with that. He's not. He's having no success with that. You cannot analogize Donald's muddying the waters with every scandal and every outrageous thing that he's said and done before you can't, you can't conflate the, 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 the actions and the results and the way in which he's been able to control the narrative. You can't imagine that anything he did in the past is now simply being replicated within the legal structure, within the legal problems he finds himself. No, no, every response simply builds on the last response or, or the, the last demand. Nothing goes away. Everything is still there. It doesn't stop being a problem for him because the media didn't focus on it perfectly or his people were able to put out a sound bite saying this only proves that nothing has ever happened there. Nothing changes fundamentally, the judicial processes continue along utterly and completely unaffected. And, and, and again, and, and I say this, I, I, I go through the process of saying all this because I think, I think this is a, a mindset change that we in the public, no matter what side you're on, really have to begin to accept that Donald does not have control over this process. We have, whether we, we, we like the notion of him having control, if you're, if, you're a, if you're a freaked out Trumpian or whatever you are, a MAGA, a MAGA you know, red meat MAGAist, whatever you might be, or on, on the other extreme, you know, the most liberal of liberal of liberals somewhere beyond progressive, whatever, uh, the... We've lived with the, with the sense, with the notion that Donald, wh wh whether we said it in these words, we've, we've, we've observed 
we've come away with the sense that Donald's in control. He knows how to look like. He knows how to use words. He knows how to, how to ex use body language and expression to leave you with the sense that he is in control of it all. He has been for most of his life. He's gotten away with all kinds of crap. From the time he was a kid, right through his presidency, right up through uh, January 6th, I would argue, Donald's gotten away with it. I, 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 I use, uh, consider this, consider this. In the last um, 24 hours, there were two sentences handed down. One to one of the leaders of the Proud Boys, one to one of the leaders of the Oath Keepers. The, the two of the, the, rat, the, the extremist groups that were there and, and did much of the damage or, or, or were responsible for a great deal of the damage that happened on January 6th that, that helped to organize people. Who that, their names are not important. But the, the government had been asking something like three decades of, of prison time for each of them. They respectively got 17 years and 18 years. And, and they got those sentences for planning and doing and acting on the precise stuff that Donald put out there. In other words, these guys would not be going to prison except for doing precisely what Donald expected them to do and is now basically uh, accused of in very formal judicial language in terms of or within the 91 criminal counts that he is charged with. Two people got 17 and 18 years respectively for simply reacting, reacting to what he dictated and what the indictments say he dictated. Do you understand what I'm saying? 17 and 18 years respectively for doing Donald's bidding. Subtract Donald from the equation, and there's no one's bidding to do. Donald is at the core, at the heart, of every single count against everyone besides Donald in all of the 91 counts that are out there right now, and all of the convictions that have taken place in federal court over the course of the last two, over a thousand people. Do you understand what has been happening in the background as we keep focusing on Donald and assuming that somehow he will take control and he'll basically overcome all of this. Pro People are spending many, many years in jail for doing his bidding, for doing what he said for them to do based on the lies he told them. Again and again and again, the same stories are being told. And again and again and again, the same defense is being raised. I simply did what the President of the United States told me to do. Clearly, distinctly, one of, one of the lawyers for, I believe, the, 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 uh, 
the Oath Keeper uh, defendant who was just sentenced uh, to 17 or 18 years, I forget which one he was, but got on air and said, look, yeah, my client did stuff, but the stuff he did, and it's just, this was this morning, I saw this on air, all he did was, precise, was to act on the directives of the president of the sitting president of the United States who was acting within, he was using his position as president, the strength of his office to commit criminal acts and tell other people to work with him. It was a conspiracy played right out on TV. I don't know, that I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what the guy said. But essentially, he was trying to make, he goes, okay, I could see maybe if they gave the guy a couple years or something like that, because he was simply a foot soldier to the big guy. The big guy. Donald Trump. The guy who, because we're so used to him walking away from these things, to when, when, when you feel too many things are happening at once, our reaction is, oh my God, Donald's going to walk away from this one too, and we're just going to wait till the next wave of, of stuff comes out there, and he will then, he will have already, you know, slithered away, ridden away, grifted his way through, or grifted off of whatever's going on here and he's on to the no those days are over he is in the system he is in one two three four five well four systems and one civil case in new york letitia james's one is going for 250 mil and by the way there is that second defamation suit that he's already lost to what's her name, a uh, uh, Carol, okay? And all that that is waiting on right now, by, by, by some, summary judgment, he lost, he, he defamed her again. The court has already recognized that. All that's missing there is the actual punitive damages piece. And under New York law, the sky is the limit. Once a guy, once a defendant has basically shown that they are absolutely uh, non-responsive to the court's direction on don't do that again, in New York, you can go for the sun and the moon and the sky because it must be punitive and the defendant must really feel, they must sting from the fact that they have basically been in defiance of court orders in this situation. Now, there is talk that, that E. Jean Carroll may be going for several hundred million dollars. It's very possible in punitive damages this time around that she could basically take him down with just the punitive damages. And I would, and I would, I would ask anyone, uh, get Trump in there, get his people. I want to hear them defend against this. Well, no, no, you know, th th these, are ridiculous, uh, these are ridiculous demands being made here. Well, what did your client do? Well, well he, he simply defied the order of the judge, defied the results of the trial, defied the reality that he was declared to be in contempt, defied everything that, and he did it within 24 or hours, Hours of the final verdict coming down. But you can't really hold Donald to that. This, he's Donald.
Yes, you can hold Donald to it. Yes, he is not skating away from one thing because so many things are happening simultaneously on the criminal, legal, judicial front that because we can't get our arms around it and Donald thinks that his people can put out 20,000 diversionary statements simultaneously and because he's not getting instantaneous pushback from all of the various, uh, let's say from, from, uh, from uh, uh, Jack Smith's group, or maybe from on a given day from Fannie Willis's group, that they're not instantaneously going toe to toe with his lawyers or with him. And here's why we defy what he said. No, that they're not playing in the same court of public opinion because they're not even playing there, because they're simply doing their jobs. Do not imagine for a second that any of this goes away as it has in the past. No, it's all there. It's all coming back to roost. The system, our judicial systems in this country, are capable of chewing gum and walking at the same time. They can accommodate all of Donald's bullshit and not be completely derailed. Do you, do you understand this? And, and, I, and again, I, I, this may seem obvious, but I don't think it is. I think we're so used to this guy running off, running away from the last problem by creating something more outrageous and thus control, and, all, and we're all sitting there drooling, saying, well, wait a minute, wait, he, he said that last week, and now he said, and, and nothing ever seems to happen to him. That, that is exactly, that is exactly the desired result. And up to this point in his life, 77 or 78 years in to his life, he's gotten away with it. And when things have gotten dicey in court, and they've always been civil cases, Yes, in the end, eh, you pay it off and you move on to the next situation. Don't worry, I'll make up for what I just paid by not paying somebody's bills. I'll screw some contractor someplace. I'll, I'll, I'll trim back something here or there. There's always a way around it. I will grift someone. I will sweet talk someone in another bank to lend. I'll start working with the Russians. I, no problem. There's always a way around it, and the important thing is, because I am a great reality TV host, I must be perceived, perceived as being in control. And damn it, by and large, he's done a stellar job. The man has natural instincts about this, the likes of which I, 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 I've never imagined or seen in my life. He knows he senses, he smells, he can always detect other people's fears. <clears throat> he knows how to work around them. He knows how to, how to interject himself in a situation. He did it to the point of actually getting himself elected president of the United States, but bringing not one iota of civic duty or responsibility or any sense of what the presidency would entail. No, he brought all of his reality TV show host, you know, natural instincts, all of his slithering, <clears throat> all of his grifting, all of that 
And he brought that to the Oval Office. All of his illegality, all of his propensity to, to, to screw the system, to just go ahead and run roughshod because I've gotten away with it forever. That's what he brought to the presidency. And that's why he is where he is today, under 91 criminal counts. And counting. Now, you add to that... That, that brilliant article that was in The Atlantic about, a, I guess, about a week ago now by uh, retired judges uh, Lawrence Tribe and Michael Lut uh, Lutton, okay? Uh, they are both considered the, the deans of conservative legal thought. You could not be more conservative than either, either of these guys and well-respected beyond all respect. They, they, are, they are ethical beyond all ethics. They are in the ancient conservative tradition of American jurisprudence, both of whom said that the 14th Amendment, Section 3, automatically disqualifies Donald Trump. Now, their, the historical use of, of, uh, of the 14th Amendment, Section 3, which says if you basically have been uh, leading, you've been, if you, as, a, uh, as an elected official, if you led an insurrection or did something against the United States, you can never hold public, public office again. Uh, that came after the Civil War and has been used... I did a, a little research on this. It was an interesting... Uh, the, the congressional reporter did an interesting article on this. The, the application of it is spotty at best. And there isn't much to suggest how it could be or it's never been applied to a president. It's never been applied in a direct insurrection like the one that Donald conducted. And new law would have to be made. But no less a pair of brilliant conservative jurists, but uh, Ludigan and, and Tribe, have said that by everything they're reading, any fair and thoughtful reading of this and its history leaves them with no doubt that Donald cannot run for president again right now, which would leave him in the weird position of having not even the one possible out that he's hoping for, getting elected and pardoning himself. That, that, that's it. Remember, he's not running any of his BS. He's not looking for ways to basically excuse himself based on the law. He is completely conducting a defense that is rooted only in the court of public opinion. There isn't a legal leg for the guy to stand. He's ignoring the legal argument because the legal arguments are not what he believes will drive his base and so many more to recognize how unfairly he's being treated and drive people to, to elect him. He could be taken off the playing field completely. That's still out there. And he knows that if, if, if he were in prison... He basically, and that would, would be well before the election, by the way, it, uh, certainly under the, uh, under the January 6th trial date, th that would be under, uh, oh, geez, I'm losing, <laughs> you see what happens? I'm losing track, but that's March 4th. Uh, the, th that case will be concluded Mar March 4th of 24. That case will be concluded and, and sentencing will have taken place well before the, well before the first vo votes are, are submitted.
Can you imagine, I'm going to ask you, are you a Trumpian? Can you imagine voting for a guy who's sitting in a prison cell? If you can, you will be part of what will probably be down to maybe 12 to 15 percent of the American population. It'll be this, this concentrated group of, of ultra, ultra loyalists as the rest of the country and the world rationally recognizes Donald for what he is. And when the, when the aura is gone, when the, when the he can't be touched thing begins to really dissipate, when you see him on camera in the Georgia case, the, by the way, they, they're allowing cameras in that courtroom. That's going to be interesting. The scariest thing for Donald, the most frightening thing he can have, is to lack the appearance of control. To have his, and, and if you keep it off the cameras, well then his, 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 his attorneys run outside after any day in court and go, well, we massacred them. And meanwhile, in the courtroom, he was getting massacred. You spin, you lie, you do anything, you say whatever you want. That's the Donald methodology. But that's not going to happen this time. He doesn't have control. I would suggest to anybody whose image of Donald is, well, you begin with the assumption of control. No, no, you're going to have to change your baseline perception of the guy. He has none. But we're not going to realize that in full-blown fashion for just a little longer. Be patient, be patient. The effects of that and the reality of that will settle in rather strongly, rather quickly. Ah, oh, September 1st, going into the fall. It's a beautiful day here in New York, by the way. And, and a perfect time to uh, get you ready for uh, David Bach, who'll be joining me in just a moment over here. But of course, what do we have to do before then? Settle down, think back, kick, kick up your feet, relax, and, and digest where we've gone so far with a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, as predicted, as promised, as, as offered to you in, in recognition of the new month starting, of the new season ahead in, uh, uh, whatever, take your reason. Uh, but among them, hopefully, is that it's good listening on the way. David, what's on your mind? Uh, well, there's a decent amount. And if you want to hear more, you can follow me on Twitter at Precious uh, Face Ideas. No. Um, so there's a, there's a decent amount of interesting stuff. Um, I want to talk about uh, one of the big things that the Biden administration did um, when it comes to labor. Yep. The, the National Labor Board ruled that... Um, Organization uh, companies that have workers who a majority vote to have a union, the company has to either recognize it or they have to allow a vote. And then, if they do allow the vote, um, and they they try any uh, like anti-union busting stuff, right, 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 um, that company will be fined because. Oh. Wasn't that always, wasn't there something like that always on the books or something like it? Is it, is it more of a question of the, the strength of the enforcement? Because companies, I mean, companies aren't allowed 
or yeah, encourage it's more a union about the enforcement mechanism. Yeah, it's yeah. a strengthening of the enforcement mechanism that existed. But this is like the the biggest push in in uh, union in like. 50 years. I, 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 I was I was going to say it's decades. <clears throat> there, there's been no no president has made an effort to step back into this area in, in in decades. Yeah, it's been a long wow. Yeah, and this is this is something that he should be pushing, especially in um, in contrast to what we saw on the stage with the Republican um, uh, uh, presidential election where they they argue was oh yeah we should break the teacher unions back. Oh yeah, that was yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's uh, well, okay. The, 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 these are the markers that are being laid down here at a relatively early point, uh, and 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 the meaning of all this, of course, is all going to become enriched and further. Uh, meaningful and interesting as A, the Trump criminal processes play out, and B, the uh, alleged, uh, uh, you know, competitors for the Republican nominee either assert or begin to uh, to collapse uh, as time goes on. But but this is going to be one of those markers. This is one of the important things. Labor is is, is an area that really hasn't been touched a whole heck of a lot in quite some time. Well, the other one is the uh, Medicare negotiating prices. Yeah, yeah. Which now this is a positive and a negative. It is good that this is now a thing that's going to happen, so that we can join the rest of the fucking world. Yeah. Um, when it comes yeah. to paying for prices. Yeah. Um, and for all those people who are like, "Oh, uh, innovation is going to stop," no, it's not. Um, there's no reason that uh, Americans should pay like six hundred percent for the same drugs that Canadians pay. Of course, for. of um, course. I Honestly, the big one here is going to be insulin, but there are some good ones on this list. And the other thing is moving uh, marijuana out of a Schedule 1 drug. Right, um, yeah, to a Schedule 3. They're talking about that. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. On the, that's, that's, just, people forget this. People forget that the permissiveness around, uh, towards marijuana, if you live in the New York area and you walk through Manhattan or any of the boroughs, you, you smell marijuana pretty much everywhere. And you're saying, oh my God, what's going on? People are busting the law. No, they're not really busting the law at all. But they are in, not busting local laws, but they are still breaking the federal law. There's still a Schedule One prohibition against marijuana under federal law. Now, which law is being enforced in New York? Clearly, it ain't the federal law, or at least it would it would appear. Right, and that's and and just really, they should just decriminalize it entirely. Yeah, but yeah. Um, this is a good first step. Do I think it's? Do I think it's? Um, do I think they should have done it in twenty two? Yeah, I, I absolutely do because I think they would have won. I think they probably would have won the election in twenty two if they had done it then. Um, and you mean we would have we would have made up those four different the four seats in the house if if we'd done it then you think? I, yeah, I think so. Wow. Um, yeah. Especially because it would have had. I mean, I guess doing it now will will allow for more um, people to come out of prison from it being decriminalized as long as they they argue um, back against it. Because yeah. I know it's federally all federal um, marijuana offenses have been expunged. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 this, I, I have to add this parenthetically, and I know that you've, you made this point before I heard anyone else talking about it anywhere. 
and that was that it was the New York Democratic Party, especially as the work of the southern part of uh, New York State, and the loss of those four seats that should have never, ever, ever been lost that really has made all the, I mean, it's made a difference in our lives. Look at what's happening in the Congress, even though the, the Republicans should have gotten 50, a 50 seat majority or somewhere around there. Still, they have a majority and all the hell that they're causing simply because of that. And much of that can be attributed to the fact that the New York Democratic Party basically dropped the ball, screwed it completely. Yeah, um, and then when we're talking about uh Congress, thankfully. I mean, we, we do have to thank the fact that there are Republicans in office because how else would they stop the Biden administration from limiting us to two beers a week? Um, <laughs> which, and I cannot express this enough, is another one of those um, just new talking points that is just so stupid that even, like, I didn't even have the energy to look into it. I had to have someone else, I had to have someone else explain to me what it is. Yeah. It's yeah. exactly as dumb as you think it is. It, this is a combination of they're coming for your gas stoves and they're coming for your burgers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. uh, the national, there was some, uh, board of the, of alcoholics that said, Hey, Americans should cut back. They're, they were recommending that Americans should cut back on their drinking. Um, just a little. And of course it came into, oh, they're coming for your beers because they're coming for your gas stoves and they're coming for your beer. It's like uh, culminating with Ted Cruz taking a sip of beer, you know, trying to be a tough guy. But like, come on, man. Like, is that really what, you, what you're doing? You're doing that nonsense? It's just, fuck them. I mean, if, if the, you're dumb enough to believe that you're, you're, you should just keep drinking. You, well, you're not. You don't have any other brain cells. You, you're going to lose anyway. Well, if you're if if uh, you're if you're if if you buy into that argument, if you're affected by that kind of those theatrics and that argument, you're not really going to listen to rational discussions one way or the other. Your mind is made up. It's just that as we move deeper into Donald into the criminal world of Donald and all the things that are going to play out. That, that base is going to con begin compressing a little more, a little more. The numbers keep shrinking. The true believers become firmer true believers, but they're going to be fewer of them. But anyone that's going to buy Ted Cruz taking a sip and saying, yeah, you're not going you, to change anyone's mind. You're not going to you know, bring them on board. Yeah, and I was thinking about this. Um, I, I think it's... It has to be Trump. I think he has to be the nominee because even if, let's say, he gets indicted uh, or he gets convicted before um, the uh, the election, the the election, and, and, and that and that will happen. That will happen under the schedules that are there right now. Yeah. Um, let's let's say that happens, and they at the convention decide. Actually, you know what? We don't want Donald Trump to be the nominee. Um, right, 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 right. Let's say it's DeSantis or Ramaswamy or Nikki Haley. I don't know. Because uh, it's it's one of those things. Um, his voters aren't going to come out. They're just not. Yeah, like, yeah. They're, they're staying home. They, they, his voters are, I, again, we're making an assumption here. And now I don't know, I don't know how you poll for this, but has there, to your knowledge, has there been any kind of a study done or any 
polling done saying, in the unlikely event that Donald is not the nominee, would you vote for the nominee? It's one thing to ask the people on stage to say, under any circumstance, no matter what, you know, to ask the people, would you vote, will you vote, will you support, sorry, will you support the nominee of the Republican Party and six out of the eight on stage raise their hands? Obviously, that referring to the non-present Donald Trump. But do you know of any studies that, that are suggesting what the behavior of the base will be if it's not Donald as the nominee? No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, but, no. but, but, you're, but, the, but the reasonable assumption is, and I agree with you, that they will be demotivated or dismotivated or, or dissuaded to do yeah, a whole hell. You can, you can see it how the, the candidates treat him. Yeah. If they're not, yeah. if, if not going to go after if you're not going to go after the guy. Yeah. You, you're not going to, how are you going to, how do you plan to replace him if you can't go after him? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of him, I want to talk about this mugshot thing because ah. <laughs> it is so just outwardly racist that it it's a little bit jarring um so if you don't know what i'm talking about uh, trump got his mugshot it got released um he raised like nine million dollars yeah some huge amount of money off of it yeah but the grift was really successful yeah let's let's be clear about this he's not raising money from people who were apathetic toward him and then saw the mugshot and said you know what i'm gonna vote for this guy now right Right. He's raising it from the same dipshits who gave him money when he asked for money when he got raided Marlago or whatever other grievance he had. I, I like, have to believe that's that's exactly the case. I don't I don't have anything that you know, I don't have any proof of that, but I you have to believe that. He hasn't suddenly found a whole new small dollar donor class to do this. These are the same assholes who were giving him money before. Right. And it's and it's but Unless you listen to Fox News and like Charlie Kirk, because their argument, and I cannot express this how directly racist their argument is, is Donald Trump now is hood and has street cred because he is endearing to black voters now that he has a mugshot. What? And this is what they're going with. What? Huh? Oh, have you not seen this? No, I have not. <laughs> there, and this is this is really their argument that because Donald Trump has a mugshot, he's going to win the black vote. I'm I'm, I'm one of you. Him. Like every other yes. black person, I have a mugshot now. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that. The, I, that's endearing. I the most generous reading of their argument is oh black people understand how unfair the system is and now they they can empathize with the with the candidate who's going through it except the party that is arguing this also believes that all the black people deserve to be locked up anyway yeah exactly right? yeah yeah and they're the ones pushing for against any progress that would fix the system oh that that that's that's just that's just jaw-droppingly idiotic the whole the whole notion of it but but then again uh why not why not uh you know if 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 if, if rage and and anger and 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 grievance and everything else are what drive you then you can do or say anything you like and perhaps 
some of the idiots saying that might actually believe that it's a valid argument. I, I, I don't know. I, I suppose within, within an echo chamber, within, within the cone of silence, maybe all of that resonates as some version of truth. But it's insane. You know, just the same. What the hell? And here, here's another insane. This is a uh, hypothetical question. Let's say you got upset with an entity, um, Target, Bud Light, a children's hospital, a library or something. Yeah. And you as somebody with a platform said, hey, this entity is doing something wrong. Uh, it's bad. It's evil. Whatever. And then that entity got a bomb threat. And then another entity you got mad at got another bomb threat. And then a school got bomb threats for six straight days. Right. Right, right. Would your reaction be, anyone tying me to this is the libel? Yeah. Or the, uh, these people are evil and the groomers and they deserve this? Or, holy shit, God forbid one of my followers is doing this. Don't do this, guys. This is not okay. This isn't real. Be careful what you're saying there, because you're, you were being rational there, David. Be careful. The, when, 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 when grievance and anger and fear are all you've got, then you basically say, well, they're simply act, they're doing what comes naturally. You don't think in terms, I don't think these people think in terms of, hey, you know, I might actually kill innocent people, and hey, I might be doing it well, or they may be doing it in my name. You, you don't think that way. It's like, well, no, what else could they possibly do? And therefore, since there's nothing else they could possibly do, how could I ever possibly be held accountable for them doing something bad? It, it, well, it, it, it's, it's twisted all over the place. It, it needs to, uh, I need to be very clear about this. It is ter it's it's both terrorism on the act of people, the people calling the bombs and stochastic terrorism on the behalf of Chai Rajik and and Matt Walsh. And yeah. I need to be very specific about this. Every time Matt Walsh has had a beef with something, it is not an organic thing that has happened in response to it. It has been bombed yeah. every single time. Yeah. This is yeah. not an exaggeration. I need you like the Children's Hospital was the first one. They got they they. Um, misstrewed what was happening at Children's Hospital about trans happening. Right. And then it got bomb threats. And then Matt Walsh said, oh, no, these aren't real. And then his followers, like actual people who followed him because of this, got arrested for it. Yeah. So they, it's, it's, it's discernible cause and effect. It, it's, it's a direct cause and effect. Yeah, <laughs> the link is there. You know, who, you know <clears throat> who wasn't getting bomb threats before these people got mad at it because there was a tra uh, pride flag or a trans person there. Right, right, right. These right. places. There was, there, I, this, there was an Oklahoma school, I think, or maybe it's Ohio. Might be Colorado. Anyway, there is a school that if you Google uh, six days of bomb threats, that has been shut down because the Libs of TikTok did a video on this. And uh. I don't know how much hate or how evil or stupid you have to be to live in a universe where this keeps happening to things that you do. And even... The self-preservation in your head doesn't say, oh, shit, maybe this is people I'm doing. Right. My people doing this. And you don't at any level say, hey, maybe don't do this just to cover your own ass. No, apparently, apparently there's there's enough anger and evil in these people's hearts 
that they either rationalize it away or welcome the the, uh, the 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 criminality and welcome the viciousness and welcome the anger and welcome the revenge and welcome all of that. I mean, that's how sick a lot of this is. Uh, and you know, you know I, 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 again, I'm not a I'm not a licensed psychologist, but I do know enough about law to say that yeah. They, 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 again, but this is, this, this is also part of the Donald thing. And forgive me, I'm just going to just extend that thought. Donald's trying to get people to believe that all of the criminal stuff that's going against him, ah, it's such a mishmash. There's so many different things. It's all colliding one thing with the other. And I'll skate past this too. I can walk past this. Even now, he's still attempting to do that. And of course, the reality is exactly the opposite. Exactly the opposite. Some people may still be emulating him in that regard, imagining that, well, all I have to do is just yell and scream and do something awful, and I get past it. Why? Well, you know, Donald seems to be getting past it. He's not getting past it. I did the whole, much of the first segment on this that people are still conflating the Donald who basically could have a scandal a day and you could never keep up with them, that's different than having a legal problem a day. Everyone is keeping up with it. The people who count are keeping up with it. The courts, the judicial system is not missing one shred of it. But people aren't really tuned in. Maybe the Matt Gates of the world and people like that just haven't figured it out. They will. Oh, they will. And then I want to do very quickly the last thing. Um, yeah. It looks like we may avoid a government shutdown. Um, it, it, the uh, the play appears to be McCarthy will say, "All right, I'll let you guys do your your uh, your nonsense impeachment, but I don't want to bring it to a vote." In return, don't sink the uh, appropriation bills that we had. Um, I don't know how that's going to work. The funniest outcome would be they both tank, they both shut down the government and try to impeach him. Um, because they'll lose on both of those. And then the um, the other thing, and I, I do need to, to express this again, these same people who are so worried about this are complaining about all the disaster relief and stuff, um, especially in uh, Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. The government has given literally all the resources it can without a further appropriation. Of course, of course. So for those who have spent weeks complaining about this fire... They're Congress people. They could have come back from their vacation. They they come back. I think technically it's either this week or th- today or next week. Yeah. Um, and voted for more relief. Like of course. You, of course. Either, of course. You either care through your actions or you don't. And their actions show they don't care. Yeah. No, that's that's that that's exactly true. That's exactly true. It's 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 all talk. It's all it's all the Donald way of handling things. It's all public relations. But don't put one iota of substance behind it, because if you put substance, you might get bogged down by that substance and have to deal with it. This way, you just skate past it. Donald can't put non-substantive reactions to his legal issues. That's why he's trying to fight it all in the court of law, uh, in the court in the court of public opinion, as opposed to the court of law. And all of his sycophants in Congress are still stuck there. Also, um, it, it's an evolving situation, uh, and and uh, like we've, uh, I, you, 
you get to a point just about every single time you know I'm, I'm talking with you where it's just inevitable. You have to say the same thing. This is why they play the games. Been saying it for a long time now, but it's been a very, very long game. And we're, we're watching it play out. And, and <clears throat> as I say, as, as we get deeper into the criminality aspect of this, Donald's capacity to play the game the way he has in the past is essentially going away. It's not going to happen that way in the future. It's just, it's just gone. So we wait and see, uh, and, and we watch the game play out. I, I feel fairly confident that, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely confident that, you know, when you, when you consider that one Oath Keeper and, and, and one Proud Boy uh, leader got 18 and 17 years respectively yesterday for doing Donald's wishes, and there have been hundreds and hundreds of people who raided the Capitol who have gotten anywhere from a few weeks to several years in prison. There, there's a good chance the leader of the entire thing may find himself doing time. But we'll have to play the games to see exactly how that plays out. Uh, once again, David, thank you so much. Uh, I, I, I want to wish everybody a... Uh, uh, a fun and a, and, a, and, a, and a happy Labor Day weekend. Enjoy your time. And, uh, well, we'll be with you uh, on Tuesday. Once again, Center Left Radio is uh, going to be with you all the way through this and see where we all wind up. It's, we're playing the games. And we're also playing a little more jazz.
been listening to Central Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. For those of us, most of us, who are so used to Donald just sloughing off whatever's happened today, move on to the next thing, go on to the next outrageous statement, go on to the next scandal, and it all gets in this big, mushy ball, and nothing gets resolved because he's just walked past it. This is different. Within the judicial system, you don't walk away from anything. Donald already knows this. The base will, too.